welcome friends to the debut episode of the decaf yogi season one episode one uh, i've entitled this episode decaffeinating your spirituality and i'll get to what i mean by that in a moment but uh, i wanted to just say up front that this episode is going to be not how i plan all the episodes in the future to go i want this episode to be more uh, just introductory to kind of give you the overall concept of what this podcast is going to be about. Uh, I have my notes here, and since I'm new to this podcasting thing and YouTube thing, I may refer to these notes from time to time. I hope you don't mind. Uh, it takes, I think, practice and experience to be able to do this off the cuff. So uh, hopefully as I do more of these episodes, I'll improve and need to refer to notes less and less. So, um, all right, so let's get started. What do I have here to begin with, right? So what is the decaf yogi? What, what, do I, what do I intend to do here? The way I look at it is I want to provide a channel where we can have, or we can get back to what I'm gonna call authentic spirituality. And what do I mean by that? What I mean by authentic spirituality is I, I want, I want a spirituality that's not as dominated by a sort of modern capitalistic way of selling spirituality. Um, not that I'm against modernity for the most part, and not that I'm against capitalism for the most part. Uh, it's just though that it's a tricky balancing act with trying to uh, engage in conversations about spirituality but when it's packaged in a way that makes you think of it as a product rather than uh, a practice. And so we're going to, I want to get into that a little more, but before I do that, um, first I want to explain why I have come to this point. Like who am I? Why, why did I engage in this kind of subject? So I, really started getting into what you might call spirituality when I was about 17 years old, and that's much longer ago than it may look like. Um, but it's, it's let's just say, uh, over 20 years ago. And what I noticed is that as I, you know, explored spiritual things, I noticed they started getting more popular in the market, and I started to notice a change of tone from what spirituality used to be to what it is now and uh, to sum it up the way i i would put it is that i watched spirituality change into self-improvement or self-enhancement and once you know that self-improvement thing uh, started happening i noticed that spirituality started getting packaged and sold in a way that was very reminiscent to me again my age being what it is very reminiscent of what self-improvement and motivational speakers were like in the 1980s and the 1990s. So it seemed like spirituality kind of got co-opted by this motivational speaking uh, business. And then spirituality sort of became, the way I would describe it, it's almost like metaphysical steroids now. It's like, oh, your life's not going the way it's supposed to. You know, take a couple of these, you know, techniques and you can, you know, upgrade and level up your life. And 
it, it bothered me. Uh, it, and it seemed like we'd lost the plot of spirituality. Then, of course, there was the big uh, boom in yoga. Uh, I'm a former yoga teacher. I mean, I'm currently a yoga teacher, but not active because COVID kind of, you know, took me off uh, uh, teaching in person for a while. I do plan to go back into it once things open up. But I also observed when I was a yoga teacher how yoga was, um, and this has been discussed to death, but you know how yoga obviously got co-opted by very corporate interests and things like that. So I, you know, started feeling like we needed some way to pull spirituality back to what it was originally intended to be, which was, and I'll put it this way. This comes. This is a saying that I, I've heard from the world of psychology or, or, or therapy. And the statement goes like this. There's a difference between feeling better and getting better. And to me, that, that encapsulates the problem. That there are plenty of things that can make you feel better temporarily. But it doesn't make you actually get better. And that's why you have a lot of these experiences. I've had them. I'm sure you've had them where you might go to a yoga class or go to a meditation class or or read a spiritual book. And you feel like, you know, I feel oneness. I feel bliss. I feel compassion. And then, you know, you leave the yoga room and then you check your messages and instantaneously you're right back to your old ego self. Like the, that, that effect of... The practices wore off almost instantaneously because it never really sank in and and then you have to go back and you know try to do it again but it it's this problem of well okay those practices made you feel better but they didn't necessarily make you get better now why would that be the case and this gets to another central point that i i feel is crucial to distinguishing between self-help or self-improvement and spirituality which is you know, it's it's not about, you know, happiness. Spirituality is not about happiness. It's about truth. And when your priority is truth, as opposed to just feeling good or feeling happy or, you know, blissful, which may be side effects of experiencing truth or, or aligning with truth, those might be the side effects, but that's not the goal. But when you make truth the goal, then you become ready to face uncomfortable things, unpleasant things, scary things. And that's not marketable <laughs> or as marketable. Like any basic advertising executive or, or, or advertising uh, person will tell you that you always want to associate your product with positive things. You know, I was reading a book about Jeff Bezos and one of his sort of simple principles for Amazon was only say positive things, like only give simple, positive statements, not even specific, just feel good, short, positive things. Because when people associate that feeling with your product or your service, then they'll be more likely to shop there or buy it. So now how would you sell you know, a technique, a spiritual technique, for example, that is going to make you feel terrible um, initially because you have to purge or go through a lot of things. Not as marketable. So you'll notice now in this trend of moving spirituality to self-help, self-improvement, that a lot of the spiritual practices have become about, you know, feel that yoga bliss or, 
you know, feel that peace and stuff, which is, yes, peace comes from truth as well. But there is a shyness, if you will. There's a hesitancy to tell people the whole truth that, look, there's actually going to be a lot of pain you might have to confront. There's actually a lot of uh, things about maybe your desires and goals and dreams you might need to let go of and give up on in order to experience truth. These are not sellable uh, propositions. And so the spiritual practices have become distorted and, like I said, packaged. Now, in college, again, which is much longer ago than it may look like, um, I was a communications major. And in communications, there's a very famous saying from one of the sort of pioneers of the communication studies world, which is Marshall McLuhan. And he said something called, the quote goes, the medium is the message. I'll repeat that. The medium is the message, which I interpreted or I learned it to mean that when you package things in some kind of format, the very format of what you're communicating shapes the way that message gets understood. So if a spiritual teaching is packaged to you uh, as, you know, you are in, a, in an ashram or a, or, a, or a temple or a sanctuary or a church and it's being taught to you from some uh, you know knowledgeable person where there's no money involved there's no transaction involved it's a it's a much different experience and the message comes across differently than if you get that same kind of message but it is um, a very highly promoted seminar, workshop, you know, uh, you can buy it in, you know, different formats and you can sign up to newsletters like that, that. The very nature of the medium of how those same teachings are coming to you will change the way that you look at it so that you may unconsciously start to see spiritual practices and techniques as products for self-improvement as opposed to avenues for real change and, and, and experiencing ultimate reality as one example. So another concept that I learned, like I said, I went to college for communications. Uh, I then later got licensed to be a school teacher. It's not a career I ended up doing, but I was licensed to be a, a public school teacher. And when I was being licensed to teach, one of a concept that we learned there was the hidden curriculum. The hidden curriculum is when you're a student, remember like when you're a kid, for example, it's like all the unspoken rules that you learned by observing what was going on in the classroom and what the teacher was saying, but more importantly, what the teacher was not saying, but doing so that you kind of learned how things work here uh, without anyone having to say it. And so I think with spirituality, there is a hidden curriculum that is saying that, like I, like I was talking about earlier, that these are things that will level you up. This, these are things that will you know, really make your life maximally effective and successful. And that hidden curriculum that you may not consciously be realizing that that's how it's being absorbed, but it is what's happening. And again, it's turning these spiritual teachings into self-improvement. And why is that a problem? Why, why do I consider that to be a problem? What's wrong with self-improvement? Well, there's nothing wrong with 
coming to spirituality initially from a vantage point of self-improvement. You know, I, I call the, uh, the, the podcast Decaf Yogi, so the word yogi's in there, right? So one of the yoga texts, the Bhagavad Gita, which I'm sure if you've done a teacher training or uh, just generally if you're somewhat familiar with yoga texts, you must have heard of the Bhagavad Gita. Even in the Bhagavad Gita, it says that people who come to spirituality with the desire for selfish gain is fine, that there's nothing wrong with it because even though it may have been for selfish gain, it brought you to spirituality, so the ends sort of justify the means, it's fine. But that's not where it should end. That's not where you should stay in the spiritual path because then as the Bhagavad Gita and other texts eventually uh, instruct you or, or helps you see, real peace, real happiness, real joy comes from transcending your selfish desires and ultimately letting them go and serving a greater purpose or being a channel for a greater purpose. Uh, and that is where the destination is, but it's okay to come to the path initially seeking gain. What I see, and I'm sure what you see, is a spiritual world that has lost the plot in, in many cases. Not everywhere. There's obviously many good authentic teachers out there, um, but, but obviously there's a lot uh, more, at least if you're going to casually search on the internet uh, or bookshelves for spiritual teachings where it just always seems to have this thing of like, you know, I'm here to sell something, I'm a best-selling author, or I do these workshops, uh, retreats even, which can be beautiful. I've done retreats myself, but it's always like part of a marketing plan. This podcast is not part of a marketing plan, right? I'm not doing this to promote a book. I'm not doing this to sell you a seminar or a workshop. I'm not against making money for these things. Uh, I want to make this clear. I'm not giving a blanket statement here that always making money from these things is wrong. Uh, I was a yoga teacher. I'm soon to be a meditation teacher. I'm about to go into a meditation teacher training in a few months, but I will be charging money myself for services. So I'm not saying in the future I may not you know, be selling a book or running a seminar or doing a workshop. I'm not against those things in principle. But what I'm saying is that with all the stuff I've been talking about, that you can see there's a danger here that the priorities can be warped, where the marketing starts to take over or shape or influence or distort the purpose, the original purposes of the teachings. So that's what I want to do with this podcast is I want us to bring us back to the authentic spirituality, which is I picture this podcast, obviously, as you can see, I'm not very super professional. I don't have, you know, a great studio. I don't have super professional equipment. I'm not, you know, really dressed up with a makeup artist and hairstylist, right? I want to keep this casual and I want to make this feel more like, you know, uh, like a bunch of us are just sitting down as equals, as friends to chat about what we're seeing out there, what, what our deepest experiences and thoughts are in this sort of spiritual world and to learn from each other and and just you know experience this without the pressure of the self-improvement market saying we need to like become amazing practitioners of some technique or you know we need to master uh, something no i i because i'll sort of say what i believe spiritually so you know where i'm coming from i'm a very uh i guess you could say democratic uh a spiritual person i don't mean democratic politically i mean like lowercase d democratic in the sense that I believe all of us fundamentally are equals and that teachers are just 
equals who have walked down the path maybe a little further and kind of turning around and giving us some tips about what they're experiencing. And the rest of it is just kind of, you know, us guy helping guide each other as we all travel this on the same journey. That's how I come at this. So I think all of us sharing with each other can be amazing and, and just as beneficial without uh, having to think that we need to master some technique that some expert uh, has to sell to us. And because I think that kind of still seems to be a dominant paradigm in this industry right now. And I want us to get away from that. Uh, so let me check my notes here and see if there's anything uh, I've missed. Ah, yeah, I wanted to, to talk about, um, just share a quote from one of the spiritual teachers out there, Matt Kahn. Uh, he describes this, this sort of phenomenon of, you know, how the ego is sort of co-opted spirituality. And he calls it, I like his phrasing, he says it's, it's the ego uh, creating a, a spiritually themed persona. You know, where, where it's like these spiritual teachers uh, are kind of just, again, like taking the same things that sold maybe in the 80s and 90s uh, as self-help and just kind of dressing it up now in spiritual stuff and doing the same thing. It's a persona. It's, it's not the authentic stuff anymore for, for not all, but a lot. And um, that's a great, I think that's a great concept, a spiritually themed persona. Um, what else have I got here that I wanted to share with you? Um, yeah, it, it's, 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 I think I've actually covered up, uh, covered a lot of things. Oh, so the name, the decaf yogi, obviously. What do I mean by decaf in this, right? So I don't literally mean we all have to switch to decaffeinated drinks, right? In fact, today I don't even have my decaf, uh, coffee because it's already the afternoon and I don't even like the taste of coffee in the afternoon usually. I just have my water. Um, but by decaffeinating, I'm just kind of making a joke on decaffeinating our spirituality with caffeine being this metaphor for for this hyper-marketed, self-improvement, uh, maximizing success, effectiveness type of spiritual spirituality to decaffeinate it. Let's get that caffeine out of our spirituality and get back to the original authentic spirituality that is not always comfortable uh but still very inspiring and obviously can can really connect us with amazing things but but it doesn't have to be sold and packaged to us and i don't even think that selling and packaging thing is helpful i think it's unhelpful ultimately i i think we i do need to acknowledge that the the, the world of the capitalistic market is very effective at disseminating these teachings. Obviously, you have people talking about spirituality now who would never have talked about it before. That is a good thing. It's changing the conversation in one direction. But it's also important that just disseminating spiritual stuff uh, is not in and of itself good 100%. Because let's take the example of things like QAnon or conspiracy theories. I would argue I'm not an expert on these things, but I would argue that the spread of spirituality and stuff like that coming from yoga and again, the workshops, the, the books and everything has created an environment, an environment where critical thinking is gone or weakened and it's allowed people to believe anything uh, because these new age beliefs that have caused us to question things and question our reality, which is not bad in and of itself, has given a, a fertile soil for people to plant any old belief at all. And, and so people can now believe in 
all a whole bunch of stuff because once you once you sort of break down the walls between rational thought and beliefs and everything and you open up the doors if you don't create a uh, if you don't put in that place a a still a, a solid framework of still use your brain you know like still use some common sense if you don't put that in there if you just knock everything down and, and make everybody believe everything so you can sell whatever product or idea you want I think that's what you begin to see in the culture that we're seeing which is that people will now believe anything uh, I don't think that's obviously very helpful and I think that actually is a side effect of the spread of spirituality um, I have read some articles I'll try to share those and go into them in more detail in future episodes but I wanted to kind of talk about that up front um, so yeah, so by decaffeinating spirituality, uh, I, I don't want, uh, that caffeine of the market in there. And I do want us to kind of talk, sit down like a cafe, just come in, we're travelers on the journey, stop in, talk to each other about spirituality in a way that is bringing common sense back into it. That takes the profit motives out of it. So we can talk about it without that pressure, um, and that marketing feel. And where I'm not selling you anything and we can get back to an authentic spirituality. Future episodes, let me give you a little preview of, of what's coming there. Um, I do have some friends of mine who are into various fields uh, interested in coming on the podcast at some point. So it's not going to just be me talking all the time. I think that would be pretty boring <laughs> after uh, not too long. So there's going to be people coming on the podcast to talk about hopefully things like uh, astrology, um, Reiki, uh, tarot, and a whole bunch of things from a perspective of can we talk about these things in a grounded, practical way, right? Uh, can we get the hype and the marketing out of it and the over-promising and under-delivering of these things out of it? Can we get the myths uh, and misconceptions about these things addressed so that if you're on the scale of being uh, on the side of being very skeptical of these things, not that you'll be convinced to believe them, but that you might find that someone who does believe in them isn't necessarily crazy. Um, you know, to tackle, tackle those kind of topics, uh, that's coming. I'm going to be doing um, a weekly sort of uh, news roundup of uh, what's going on in the spiritual world. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. There are a lot of people who believe in spiritual things and, and are doing spiritual things, but the mainstream media doesn't really cover it. So uh, it'll be interesting for me to share with you what's kind of going on uh, out there, who's on what podcast, you know, the sort of thought leaders that are out there. Uh, doing a lot of good work and and talking about our stuff, but it's not probably something you're going to watch on CNN, right? So uh, I'm going to be covering those kind of things. I'll be sharing some readings with you. Uh, in, I mentioned college, so I was an English literature major, or that was one of them in college. So I'm a big lover of poetry. Uh, I want to be sharing some poetry with you that I read uh, and I love. Um, I think that that'll be good to kind of hopefully revive a little bit of poetry in your life. Um, and just some some other things that I have some ideas. We'll try them out. We'll see how it goes. This is my first podcast, my first YouTube channel. So bear with me as I experiment and try different things. I appreciate the patience. Uh, but I just hope that, you know, I struggled to do this episode because I'm a perfectionist in my in my creativity. Anybody who's taken my yoga classes, you know how I really try to make sure it's well-crafted and everything just fits into place perfectly. I realized with this podcast that that's not going to be the case. Just for the first few months, it's just not going to be that way. It's going to be messy. It's going to be very amateur because I am an amateur at this. And But I had to just forge through anyway and just do it and put this out there and just keep going. 
So, uh, you know, I appreciate your flexibility with this. I hope that you'll, you know, stay with me uh, as we go through this and hopefully you'll see my progress. I hope it encourages you that if you have a project or dream that you want to go for, just start, just do it. We are very forgiving, uh, you know, especially in the spiritual world or yoga world, wellness world. You're dealing with some of the best audiences you can. I mean, these, these are great people. My yoga students were some of the most forgiving and patient people and uh, they really were very encouraging. So I know that you who are watching now are probably the same and I thank you for the support. Um, I eventually may start a Patreon. I'm still working out the idea of whether I want to do a Patreon or something. Uh, we'll see. I, I, I want to keep this right now very focused on the podcast. It will always be free. Uh, these episodes will never be uh, for charge uh, and I will try to make it as accessible as possible. So uh, that's it for now. Again, thank you so much for giving this a shot. Uh, whether you continue the journey with me or not, I send you and ask the divine to give you all blessings in your journey. And uh, we'll talk soon, hopefully. Again, any feedback or any ideas you have, I'm open to it. Uh, feel free to share it in the comments below. And uh, if you'd like to subscribe now, go for it. If not, you wanna maybe watch a few more episodes before you make the commitment totally fine. Um, we'll see how it goes. All right. Take care, guys. Talk to you soon.